Hi, I'm Wendy, and I sometimes like to reread things. <laughs> yeah, I'm Brandon, and I like to reread things, and sometimes I enjoy it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, we like to hang out and talk about books. In this case, it's just stuff that we're rereading and figuring out if we still like it and why we may have liked it in the first case. Yep, and sometimes we make sense, and sometimes we don't. In this episode, we discuss Max Gladstone's Three Parts Dead, and as usual, we do discuss all aspects of the plot. Make sure you've read it beforehand if you don't want to get spoiled. How long has it been since you read Three Parts Dead? 2014 was the last time I read it. It's about the same. Let me ask you, what did you remember about this book before you started reading it this time? You know, I didn't remember a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I remembered something cool about cigarettes and fire. <laughs> <laughs> and that there was like some tie to being an attorney or lawyer or trial. And I just kind of remembered cool, you know, maybe some vague stuff about like cool things with gods. And that was pretty much it. I remembered that it was about magic and the legal system. And I remembered that the dead god was hiding an Abelard cigarette. 100%. That, that twist hit me so hard the first time I read this. I could not possibly forget it, and it really colored this read as I was going through it. Because because you said you mentioned something with this, you remembered something about the cigarette. I noticed every time that the cigarette gets mentioned, and it's a lot. That's pretty cool. So did that mean? So was that a pleasurable, like a fun thing, or no? Well, it, it it's kind of a mix. I mean, sometimes like there's the scene where uh, Abelard uses the cigarette to fight the shadow monster. And knowing what's in the cigarette, oh yeah, the shadow monster's going down, sure. But all the other, like, it is just incidentally mentioned all the time. He's lighting one cigarette from another, he's smoking, he's doing this, he's doing that. It got pretty distracting. Okay. Yeah, I noticed it, but I just did, I guess like, so it was almost like a first read in that respect. Mm -hmm. uh, because I just treated it like, you know, oh, that's a descriptor that goes along with that character or to remind us about, you know, how that worship works. And so I didn't pay it much mind. So I think that I had filed it under, oh, yeah, cool. You don't see characters smoking a lot these days. <laughs> and that I, I thought that was a really, it was a cool detail for, you know, worshiping a god of fire and having that. So I enjoyed that. And Avalar mm -hmm. is one of the characters that I thought was the most interesting, so at least I, I liked that, but I had not remembered anything about, you know, like maybe, so the cool reveal was like, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the reasons it works so well on a first read, is because it is in there and it's cemented with him, and then, because like the first time you read it, the idea that that could be possible wasn't even in my head, you know? So it was an interesting addition to already know that that was coming as I read through this. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm so happy that one of us <laughs> had the memory <laughs> to get that experience. It's one of the excellent, like, cool things that can happen on a reread, and nope, I could not take advantage of it, so I didn't see it coming. So, did you, did you like the book? <laughs> um, it's a real mixed bag for me. I like the idea of the legal magic, but one of the notes that I took on this was that it almost feels just like and I hate to say like standard urban fantasy, but like you could potentially take this out of the secondary world that it's in and put it into an American city and the characters at least would fit in that city. And so it, it read very much like an urban fantasy to me and I'm not a big urban fantasy person. So 
parts of it I really liked. Parts of it just, it's a hard sell for me anyway. I do remember enjoying it the first time that I read it. Enough that I started reading the second book, but I didn't actually finish it. This is the only thing that I have read by Max Gladstone. Same. I did purchase one that he's written recently that is outside of the craft sequence. Blanking out on the title. I'm looking forward to reading it, especially since the only thing I've read is this one, which I think is his, his first novel. Yeah. You know, it's this was a, a weird... Re- I was excited to do the reread. I'd mm-hmm. always meant to do that. And I think that part of it is I have a, a vague memory of reading the book and getting maybe like... I'm excited about like a lot of the things, but I remember like kind of maybe rushing through the end or something. And so I thought, oh, maybe I'll have a better time with it. And I had the same problem with it, which is I think there's really cool ideas in this and I appreciate a lot of it. And I was bored so much. Mm-hmm. I just, and it was worse this time. I So there's, there's a lot to admire about I think like his thought process, but I was laughing before we started this. I made one note and it is LOL info dump incoming. (laughs) And there's just so much of that. And we've talked about info dumps before in this one. I just, I just thought it was really, really tedious to get through and I feel kind of bad about it, but there were definitely parts of it. Like the middle, I think, I think I took a note that this has like a bit of a stodgy middle where, you know, things slow down a bit. But the more I got to know Abelard and Tara in particular, the more I enjoyed their stories. Uh, I've got also got a note that the ending kind of feels like the end of the Blues Brothers, where everybody is coming in and converging on the like the the tax office in Chicago, whatever it is. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah. But just everybody from the whole movie is showing up. And the end kind of felt like that. Because you've got the gargoyles and the black suits and De Novo and Elaine. And there's more than that. Yeah. It was a lot. I guess I was happy that like all the strings got pulled in. But also, I guess by that time, I didn't really care. Um, but I think, think the Blues Brothers is a good analogy. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot. And I mean, the parts that worked... I thought were great. You know, mm-hmm. So they really stand out. I'm like, that's awesome. But there was a, a lot. I think like some of the the prologue I actually really liked. And then I it was it dry it was like dragging a bit and then I would get excited by an idea. I love the idea of like the God Wars and these you know the dead gods and the contracts and so there was lots, you know, of enticing stuff in there. I just think I don't know if it was pacing or where things came into play, but I think like by the time I learned what had happened to Tara, like in the schools, it's like okay. Just so I don't know. But maybe I was just not in the mood or I don't know. I don't know. I there are things that I was really there are absolutely things that I really enjoyed about this book. There are other things that I was torn on. On the one hand, I like the idea of contracts with gods and promising so much of their power, and I think that is neat. But also it makes those gods more mundane, right, and less a sense of wonder. And that's fine. That, that is absolutely what fits into this book, but it's not really to my taste. I read right before I read this. I reread The Dream Quest of Velet Bow by Keach Johnson, and that deals with gods that are very different than the gods in this book. And those gods are mysterious and evil and sleeping and you don't want to get their attention. 
And that is more my kind of style than the kind of gods we've got in here. I like the legal aspects of what's in here. The only thing about that I didn't like was when they had like a magic duel in the courtroom. Same. It felt... Yeah, that was the part I... I was really looking forward to like the trial. And so when it got into magic combat, I was actively disappointed Mm -hmm. and it seemed like so much of the writing it's like you know the writer could handle that right you you know he would have it under control and so i i mean i can't read his mind why (laughs) why did you do that it could have been you know yeah cool battle of words or give me actual contracts that feeds into you know like i love a contract with a demon kind of thing like just play with those it'd be so great and then it was battle and maybe i couldn't quite envision like how i don't know like rhetoric or something could fuel that or if it was something else but i i didn't i was really mad (laughs) and i guess my memory had wiped that part out of it Mm -hmm. uh and so i really was when it when that was interrupted what the i think i actually did say like what the hell (laughs) so i guess yeah i wasn't really looking for for magic combat but you know there were when i would start to get annoyed with it like something so awesome would happen like some of it i mean like like the just some scenes oh you could be writing horror my man because (laughs) (laughs) this is like both cringy and great like the best kind like taking the face off a gargoyle and nailing it back on (laughs) so good so good loved that Mm -hmm. so it was it was fun to be sort of like Oh, you know, turn the page, turn the page. Oh, wait. And, and then just be like, oh, such a great line. So you know, this would not scare me off of, of reading something else by him. So that part's good. But again, I guess being faced with that, the book is what it is. I shouldn't try to. <laughs> <laughs> We're real good at telling people what they could have done instead. Oh, right. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, that's the... <laughs> and I would be so ticked off if I wrote something and then... <laughs> Like two dimwits were talking. <laughs> like, what? well, you don't know anything. And, well, true, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, again, like I, the book is what it is. I just think I almost wished like it wasn't so complicated. Mm-hmm. I just maybe it was because there were a couple of those subplots that I just didn't connect to or care about a whole lot, and so I kind of wish that like Abelard would have had maybe more in the story. Tara would have had more in the story. I'm not saying that, like, Kat was completely... I just didn't... Well, it's kind of the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, right? Where, because of the way... I don't know how these were written, but because of the way they were published, you start with the middle of the series, mm-hmm. chronologically. And then, before this, you know you're going to go back and get the story up to Novo and Elaine... And all these people that are going to be really important. And then if you read those books and you enjoy that experience, you can look back to this and go, oh, they're still around and they're still doing these awesome things. I do think a stronger focus on Terra and Abelard would have been great. Abelard, when he was doing that investigation inside the temple, in the dark, trying to follow, and he's starting to realize things are happening to him. And he's got these powers he's never had before. He doesn't really connect what's going on. But things are different, and he's trying to figure stuff out. That is so good. I love that entire sequence. Yeah, me too. And you you bring up a good point, which is I'd kind of forgotten. I 
I think the way that that sequence comes out mm -hmm. seems awesome. Like if you were into it, I think I would really enjoy like the the process of like, oh, let's like weave this back in and, you know, going back for a, maybe an epic reread that might have been, you know, pretty awesome. But yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I kind of, I had looked and tried to see like how many were in the craft sequence and but yeah, it makes sense that you might go back and go, oh, well, you needed those pieces because of this. But I guess as my first or second first time through, I just I didn't connect with it. You know, some books, I guess, are just not not for me. Sure. I started to remember more about this at like the halfway mark. And one of the things that I do like about it is the way like everything was set up by Koss, the dead god. And it had a reason for doing what it was doing. And... It, it, you know, it really got close to doing what it wanted to do without all these complications. And I thought that was really cool and I appreciated how like that really drove the story the entire way. And it did, you know, it came together in the Blues Brothers ending, but everybody that was there was tied into it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and there were a lot of moving pieces. So mm -hmm. I should, you know, props given because <laughs> that was uh, I think impressive and yeah I liked and so how how amazing is it that you have this god that's dead but you know maybe not so much but then having like the intricate plans and I liked that part I, that ending felt I don't know how you could do it but mm. I thought the like oh you know by the way I saw all of this from the beginning and I don't know how you... I imagine you can't really let us in on it. Mm -hmm. But maybe by that time, I was like, fine, just tell me what happened because I, I just want to be done with this book. But I, that it didn't feel it didn't feel super satisfying. or, But I don't know like how you'd solve that problem. I mean... I had a different problem with the ending, mm -hmm. and that's tied up in De Novo, you know, the bad wizard. That guy is super creepy. Like, the idea of just pulling in all the magic power and using like mental abilities to control the minds of all these young and impressionable people. That is just fucking creepy as hell. The thing that I didn't like, so he eventually, they're at dinner and he gets Elaine under his control and they get in the coach or whatever it is and he kisses her to show that he's in control of her. And gross i mean it makes him even worse right but that's the whole reason that he gets beaten in the end because she had this thing that she was able to transfer to him with that 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 it was on my mind as i'm reading that sequence in the end and i was like oh okay i see how all this works together and i don't like it yeah yeah i'm with you there and it so you, have you you've only read part of the second mm -hmm. book I'm wondering if that ever like plays out, maybe not like that particular one, but like the things that he was doing up in the school, because that was... I would assume, you know, in the later books. Yeah. and that, The chronologically later ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because it kind of makes some sense, because it did feel sort of dissatisfying, or it fit into... A, a lot of this book felt like we were being told a story instead of, you know, 
the tell versus show. And I'm not like, super picky about that, but there was something about it that sort of kept me, I think, like just always distanced, mm-hmm. I think, from Tara quite a bit. And so I don't know that I would want to read a whole book about like her, you know, time in the hidden school, but it just was like this really important part of her character. And it was, it was told to us. And I just, I guess I never got to feel like I was in her shoes or I don't know like tied to her emotionally I felt really really distant I think from almost everybody and it's not always a bad thing but that just felt like one of those times where I was maybe not that she had to get my sympathy necessarily but there was Mm -hmm. something about that whole section and maybe it was because it was so he's so manipulative it's so creepy it's so harmful and if it's in the same sort of register as a lot of other things it starts to feel even worse I guess I like the moral complexities sometimes mm-hmm. where it seems like I don't want to always go good, bad, but I'm going to do it anyway. It was just like, <laughs> they're not good. You know, the, the, the craftsmen don't, they don't seem like they're lawyers. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> oh, lawyers. But yeah, it's, I liked the, like, you know, you, they seed it in, right? There's like the, Oh, well, she's not quite humor. And you want human. Wonder what's going on with that? Oh wow, there's a lot being sacrificed, and you're going to be a living skeleton. Okay, like, sure. <laughs> it's interesting, I guess, to like be sort of tied to these characters who are—they do not—they're ruthless. And yeah, so I guess it's the, absolutely. And so that part is really fascinating. If it doesn't always make me really happy, to <laughs> it makes me long for like Becky Chambers. You know? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> The like the older established characters, I really you know didn't connect with a whole lot of them. I don't think you're supposed to. Not really in this book. I, like I said, Tara and Avalar and Cat to another degree. The uh, the black suit and learning about the addiction and the way that what DeNovo did a generation before has reflected forward. I thought all that was really cool. The black suits I thought were interesting. This time through reminded me a lot of Severance where you give over yourself to work this job for a certain period of time. Not the same at all, but it, that, that kind of connection was there in my brain, and, and I, I thought that was a really interesting thing. Another connection that I know I didn't make the first time was the priests of cost smoking all the time, reminded me of the leftovers. And it's such a different reason that they're doing it, but again, that connection was in my head as I was reading this. All right, so one of the things I think that's good about talking with you is that I realized that I had, I liked talking about it, that it was a better experience. Sort of, oh, yeah, that was great. Those were really good. So I think it's one of those weird books where I didn't have fun reading it, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of really interesting stuff in it. So it's it's fun to chew over it and think about it and, and look at it that way. So, you know. If I were going to do star ratings, I would like up it up like a little. <laughs> well, little there bit. are a lot of people that like this book and this series. I mean, we're not taking anything away by talking about the things that didn't exactly work for us. True, and there would be lots of readers where I'd say, "Oh yeah, absolutely!" Like dive on in. I think you'd really like it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, again, my rigorous note-taking has really like, given me a lot. I, think I do I... appreciate how you keep looking at your one note. <laughs> yes. I had like, a couple things underlined, and I think it's just uh, really nice turns of phrase. Yes. Like, there's a lot of just wonderful images. and. So on the first page, there's a line. Lord Cost the Everburning had to be praised every moment of every day, of course, but some periods of rapturous worship were considered preferable to others. 
And every now and then there was a turn of phrase that it, it was like Terry Pratchett, just out of nowhere. And I could, there were times I was like, is this really supposed to be a comedy? And I don't think it is. But every now and then there's that witticism or something in there where it, it just, it pulls you out for just a second and, you know, gives you a moment of humor in whatever's going on. And then you're right back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Delightful. I loved those moments. I love... Yeah, just even I think sometimes the way that the language of, yeah, like worship would be in there. I have, oh yeah, like they raise their faces toward the skylight with a unity even more unsettling than their voices. He will return when the moon is broken and the land fades, when the waters rise and burn to steam, when the stars fall and the ever-burning Lord rises. Just lots of things like that. And later on, I think with the, like the lady of silver and just Mm -hmm. beautiful I'm going to do it again. Tara stood in a metal box dangling by a thin cord over a 30-story drop, and the other end of that cord was held by the promise of a ghost. Yeah. So many times there are great lines and great things in this book. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to, like, I think, bump the, the <laughs> more recent book, like, up onto my list. I, I heard him read at, like, World Fantasy, you know, once I don't remember what book it was. He's a good reader. It just seemed like even better, right? Like turns of phrase. I mean, as any writer, he's going to grow. And so I'm, I'm curious to read one of the, the later pieces. And I liked reading about like the relationship between like the clergy and their gods and how different that was. And I, I liked that there was a, it seemed like a nice balance, I suppose, between like the corruption and like the people of it seemed like genuine faith and i i liked that and just poor abelard you know <laughs> thinks that like he's not doing a good job you know like the brutal like oh yeah it's between it's on your shift man when he's you know off doing his other things it's not that you're not praying well or attending to your god well enough and so i think one of my favorite parts was when abelard gets like the, what was it just like, hello friend? Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, the God like talking to him, which is the same phrase that he would use with the old, is it Cardinal? I don't remember his rank, but I, I really liked that. Yeah. It was fun. And a, a nice foil or something to like the lawyering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I really liked that a lot. There were long stretches where I was like, no, I don't want to read this. <laughs> But it did a good enough job, I think, despite the fact that there's a million things that are happening, um, and there's all of these different strands, and there's big, like, I mean, big info dumps, a lot. (laughs) And so when I would get tired of it, or skim it, or I don't think I missed out. Like, it was really good, I think, about, like, reminding or calling back, or, and that's really well done. I know that there are some where it's like, no, you skip the info dumps at your peril, you will. Sure. <laughs> but I, so I think again, like, well I, done. I didn't really have a terrible time reading this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was, it was more of a weird time with the memory of that cigarette and it just leaping off the page at me every time it's mentioned in here. It, you know, like I said, it got a little slow for me in the middle, but when I say madcap ending, like the last hundred pages just blows by in this book as everything is coming together. Yeah, so for sure. And it picks up. And I think it picks up at the, the right time. So we don't want to oversell it too much. And it might just be that I wasn't you know, in the, in the mood really to, to read this style. But you're going to read more. 
You know, so you've got to bump Max up on the list. Right. Read the, another it, one. Yes. And I mean, if it's the same kind of stuff, then I'll be like, oh, maybe this is like the, the good winter read, you know, where you just want to curl up and, um, and sink in. And I think, you know, now I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm also grading piles of <laughs> <laughs> introductory composition papers. So, I mean, it's very refreshing as far as like that goes. But also, it's like apparently maybe I just want like light brain candy or, or something. I mean, the information is interesting. Like, I mean, it shows like real dedication to that that world building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't mind urban fantasy, so I like I kind of like dug the I guess the the setting. You know, I've not read oh, shoot the Gideon the Ninth, mm-hmm. uh, and I probably should. I just was thinking about it because necromancy is a thing in that it is series. The thing. Okay, and. I, I don't like necromancy much. <laughs> so I want to read, you know, that Perhaps maybe you don't want to read. Okay, the yeah. Or the ninth books. The Locked Tomb Trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't... I mean, I have the first one, and it's on, on my infinite shelves. Uh, but I just was... And I couldn't pinpoint why. I just know that there was a lot of... It was like, oh, that's right. This is necromancy. So, <laughs> wah, wah. And, and I don't even know why I don't really like it. But I don't like, you know... Playing D D, do I like the necromancy spells? Not a whole lot, except for Toll the Dead. But sure. <laughs> but I like that flavor of it. I don't really like, and so I don't know. I guess that's just something to explore. I don't know why I don't enjoy it. Uh, I think it's really well done here. It's just one of those odd things. Where it's like, oh, oh who knew I? I don't really care for that. So that'll be my next test. And if I come <laughs> back, I'm like, nope, just have to take that off. Like, why well, set it up for failure when it's not my not my jam? So I feel bad that I. Don't have more particulars. I would say read read the craft se- sequence if you enjoy this. Cause... I would say definitely give this one a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you're into this, go for it. Yeah, because there's, there's like seven of them. There's a lot in the sequence. And I think that there's yeah, super cool things to be had. And, you know, I'm enchanted by, like, each one, like, oh, like, they, you know, all have, like, these, you know, this is lawyer, and this is, what's the second one? Is it, like, urban planning or architecture it had, or something? It, it had something to do with, like, water rights or water there contracts. There we something go. Like that. And on paper, so cool. <laughs> you know, on no, paper. Okay, I thought you were going to say, on paper, water rights, so boring. But I bet he takes it and makes it really good. But, no, you think it's really cool, just... Straight out. I, yeah. Well, I love, I love a good water rights thing. Like, tree law. Like, just give it to me. No, I, think, I like the meld. I like the idea of, like, sure. Like, let's take this and mush it with a fantasy story. Yes, please. Probably not going to read it, but I do admire it. And then I think, you know, maybe he picks up. I know he goes back to some of the law characters. and Yeah. Um, but... I just you know. so, anyways, I would applaud that at every moment, and that would be something that would immediately sell me on it. I mean, again, I've, I've read this book. I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to like follow through with it, but I really admire. I think like that that focus, and I, man, I like a competency kind of thing. I I like you know, give me give me engineers, give me yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a big stuff. bureaucracy fan, yeah. so. Like, you know, take the, the magic duel out of the court, and for sure I'm going to be happier. Yeah. Okay, I'm always going to be bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I wanted, a, I wanted a court scene. But again, I mean, I wouldn't put that in my Goodreads review or something, you know. <laughs> but I would think about it. Well, maybe there's another book that will do that. 
All right, I think we've raked it over the coals.